0: because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth here are the, the biggest, biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town it's breaking boston with andy hart and nick Fitzie stevens today is june 15th a day that will live on the right side of history for boston sports fans because as of today june 15th 2023 It is the 12-year anniversary of the last championship for the Boston Bruins. Yes, 12 years ago, tonight, the Boston Bruins went to their third Game 7 of those memorable Stanley Cup playoffs and won 4-0 up in Vancouver, completing the championship run after an epic series and epic playoffs an epic performance by Tim Thomas. They whooped up on them Canucks to their dismay in our delight. And this day is not necessarily something that's going to be celebrated annually, of course. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how Bruins fans, Bruins Nation, etc., feel about it now, because here we are still sort of shocked, kind of left in the aftermath of the Bruins collapse and failure in the first round against the Florida Panthers, a Florida Panthers team that actually went all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, a Florida Panthers team that played their ass off harder and tougher than the Bruins, a Florida Panthers team that ultimately in that series got beat up enough that they didn't have enough in the Stanley Cup Finals against a team that would ultimately be coached the Las Vegas Golden Knights by Bruce Cassidy, the former coach of the Boston Bruins, who for six seasons took the team to the postseason. Six seasons, didn't get the job done, did make it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals once in 2019, where similar issues plagued the team then, like they did this year, except at least they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals all the way back then. And that coach of those Florida Panthers excuse me, rather, that coach of the Las Vegas Golden Knights, Bruce Cassidy, dumped unceremoniously after six seasons here when players complained to management that he was too hard on them, that he was too tough, that that wasn't working anymore. Well, justice was served this week for Bruce Cassidy because his Las Vegas Golden Knights defeated the Panthers, who defeated the Bruins, and now, poetically, Bruce Cassidy has raised... The first Stanley Cup for a team that's only been in existence for five years, not even as long as he coached those Boston Bruins for. Yeah, that's a bitter pill to swallow for the Boston sports fan, for the Boston Bruins fan. Gone too soon. Insert Bob Lobel voice. Hey, how come we can't get guys like that? And that is the topic du jour. That's what we'll be talking about today on Breaking Boston for Wednesday, June 15th, 2023. This is the bitter pill episode, the gone too soon episode, because last 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 summer, last spring summer, spring summer, sprummer sing whatever you want to say, when we found out that Bruce Cassidy had been dismissed, only to someday soon be replaced by former Dallas Stars coach Jim Montgomery, known a bit as a bit easier, a bit a uh, bit more stoic, if you will, not as much of a hard ass, didn't tie into his players, didn't call him out in the media. It's funny how Boston now has seen two coaches that were hard on their team. One dismissed because the players didn't like it anymore in, in Bruce Cassidy with the Bruins. One in the form of Ime Odoka, who was dismissed for off-court reasons, indiscretions, if you will. He, too, was hard on his players. They needed it. They later admitted that they needed it and that they missed his coaching style because left onto their own device and will. They weren't able to be as hard on themselves as they needed to be. Joe Missoula comes in offensive-minded, a little softer, and if I may be honest, weirder around the edges. And they ultimately don't get it done in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then the team from Florida that they lost to in the playoffs goes and loses to a team in five games from the Western Conference, who pretty much box to wire, was the best team in their conference, if not, maybe their entire league in the Denver Nuggets. I think Nikola Jokic today will be enjoying his parade. And then because the job is done, he can go home thereafter. I also love his quotes, by the way, this doesn't have to do with today's topic, but I just, I'm such a Jokic fan. Now I can't imagine there is anyone in Boston sports or anywhere who isn't a bigger Nikola Jokic fan than before an entire offense run through him, an entire team run through him, a workhorse self-effacing, great ethic, sportsmanship, gentleman, and someone who, even though he knows he's super good at what he does, who among us wouldn't want to have half the talent that that guy does, said that it's just a job. He loves playing a game, but there are bigger things in life. Props and hip hops to Nikola Jokic and to Bruce Cassidy this week. I'm not sure if anyone heard this, but Bruce Cassidy said he's going to, you know, all all players, everyone in the organization, I guess um, there's a tradition. They get a day with the Stanley Cup the summer following that team's Stanley Cup championship, winning the finals. And Bruce Cassidy said his is probably going to be on Cape Cod. Yeah. Bruce Cassidy has a place on the Cape, got his local ties. He's not, he's not ditching his roots anytime soon. Bruce Cassidy is probably going to bring the cup to the Cape. So kind of like when Ray Bork was celebrated, that was June 13th, 2001. Ray Bork traded away to the avalanche because they couldn't get it done. And that team was terrible. They felt so badly. They wanted him to go get a Stanley cup. So he went to the avalanche, helped them win one. And then basically his cup day was bringing it back to Boston. And I think it was 37,000 people showed up for a parade for Ray Bork and a ceremony at city hall, a guy who went and won a Stanley cup. We were so championship desperate pre Tom Brady and the Patriots breaking through in January, 2020 to February, 2022, that we had a parade for Ray Bork winning somewhere else. I mean, God, is that weird? That's still so weird to me. I was happy for Bork winning. I wasn't going to go to a parade and say, oh, congrats on winning in someone else's uniform for someone else's team. That's not necessarily the bitterest of pills. But I'm curious where you guys believe Bruce Cassidy and his championship ranks among the gone-too-soon, the people who went on to win a championship shortly thereafter somewhere else, people most of us, the fans, didn't necessarily want to see leave town, people we thought still should have stuck around and would be able to win a championship with the team that they were part of, uh, with the history that they were helping write for Boston. Jalen Brown could very well be one for the, for the Celtics coming up. Rumors continue to swirl. Uh, Bradley Beal could be available now. Doubtful that it'd be Dame Lillard management. Brad Stevens have said that he'll likely stick around. They want him here as part of the solution, uh, on the team, not part of the solution being on someone else's team. I doubt he'd go and win a championship within the first year, depending on where he goes, but who knows that could potentially be one of those, but put together a little list here for everyone to, uh, ruminate over and consider Bruce Cassidy seems to be the only coach that I can think of who was summarily dismissed, who departed, and then went on to immediate success. I mean, other managers like Terry Francona, for example, he belongs on this list. Now, he has never actually won a World Series for Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's still searching for that elusive World Series championship. Uh, I think it's been 70 years for the The team formerly known as the Indians, once the baseball team, and now the Guardians. Uh, But Tito Francona was gone too soon. Sadly, they tuned him out after 2011, though his management style has been effective enough to keep him around as Skip for 12 years, as opposed to four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight seasons in Boston. He's been out there since the 2012 season and couldn't be happier for Tito. Uh, a number of managers have come in and out of the Red Sox organization. Obviously, Alex Cora is still doing an excellent job with a team that is underperforming massively. Fear not, we'll be talking about the Red Sox plenty soon here on Breaking Boston. So Tito, I guess, is probably the best example of a coach in recent memory that was gone too soon. And he did go in 2016. However, it was somebody else. Who was gone too soon from Boston, who actually contributed to that World Series championship. Let's open up with John Lester. John Lester, a little bit of a Boston sports bitter pill, gone too soon. John Lester never wanted to leave. Part of the 2013 Boston strong team, does an amazing job. 2014 wants a contract extension. But at that time, the Red Sox, they didn't do long-term expensive deals for anyone, let alone, remember, they did a bunch of three-year deals, three for 39 for Mike Napoli and Shane Victorino, they had sort of been snake bit. They got bit in the ass by Lackey's deal because he missed uh, more than a season with some Tommy John action. But of course, in 2013, he comes back and he's dynamite. and helps them win the World Series. Lester just wants a new deal. Lester's just looking for an appropriate contract for himself. Uh, He will not get it. And sadly, uh, with the Red Sox, he is dealt away in 2014 to the Oakland Athletics alongside Johnny Gomes. And then he goes to the Chicago Cubs in 2015. He signs, I believe at the time, a four or five year deal. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Let's see. Let's look that one up right there. Yep. John Lester signs a nice big deal to be with the Cubs from 2015. He pitches parts of seven seasons for the Chicago Cubs after being part of the Red Sox organization for nine seasons. Goes on to make over $100 million with the Cubs. Oh, and by the way, uh, in addition to being an all-star with the Chicago Cubs, he helps them win their first World Series in over 100 years. Uh, There was no reason John Lester finished his career anywhere else. He should have stayed here. He should have gone box to wire, cradle to grave with the Red Sox. That was a tough pill to swallow for Sox fans, watching him after he's part of two World Series championships with the Red Sox, go somewhere else and help them win a championship. Now, when you think of John Lester, he's not a career Red Sox. He's not going to necessarily just shack up here like so many other former players uh, who have gone elsewhere and experienced some success as well, like Dennis Eckersley and come back and be like, no, Boston's where it's at. Like His lore is split between Chicago and Boston. Uh, Dennis Eckersley is kind of another great example, though he kind of needed a little bit of a career renaissance. But another pitcher for the Red Sox, I think the Red Sox gave up too soon on Roger Clemens, who now may have pharmaceutically enhanced his chances of becoming great elsewhere. But Roger Clemens goes on to be a two-time Cy Young. He's an absolute hoss when he goes to the Toronto Blue Jays. Remember Dan Duquette famously said, that he was uh, in the twilight of his career. And then Roger Clemens comes back at absolute bulk of source the next year after moving on. He was with the Red Sox from 84 to 96, two years with Toronto. Those are, of course, two side. Oh, my God, look at those numbers. 21 and 7 and 20 and 6 in those two years with Toronto. And then he goes to the Yankees, and he's part of two World Series championships with the Yankees. Again, who knows what kind of pitcher Roger Clemens would have been if he stayed with the Red Sox. Delta Way, Remember how gross that was if you guys are old enough to remember Roger Clement, not just the Toronto years where he just absolutely shoved it in the face of the Sox strikes up strikes, forget who it was. He struck out in Fenway and then he walks off the mound. And then he, as he's walking, he just strolls off and is staring up at the owner's box where he knows Duquette is. And he's just got that absolute assassins, like the John Wick, the John Rambo death stare, just like, Hey, Duquette. I'm coming for you. Like, whoa, man, this guy is a man on a mission. Now, of course, we found out that mission also had uh, some enhancements, if you will. Uh, some vitamins may have been involved in the equation, but Clemens, gone too soon, successful elsewhere. Would have liked to have seen him stay. Now he is cozied up to the organization and the fan base in recent years. By the way, we'll probably be doing sometime around um, the All-Star Game and more. We'll probably do an episode on damn shame they're not in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens. He will be featured once again in that episode. Uh, also in baseball, how about uh, how about the King of the Idiots? Someone who's been back in the press recently, sometimes for politics, sometimes for off-field issues, sometimes because he showed up with a World Series ring trying to help the Boston Celtics rally up, see if they could become the latest group of idiots to overcome a 3 nothing deficit and make it to their respective sports championship. Johnny Damon. Now, Johnny Damon leaves over a matter of a couple of million dollars after he finishes his deal in 2004, a year that saw the Red Sox reverse the curse. For the first time in 86 years, the Boston Red Sox are World Series champions. Can you believe it? Nope. Still can't believe that they won four World Series championships this century. But Johnny Damon is a part of it. And then Johnny Damon goes on to sign a deal, which I think just a couple million dollars more average annual value with, of all places, the New York Yankees. And at that time, even though the Red Sox had reversed the curse, and there were such good vibes in Red Sox nation, it still was a bit of a gut punch. It honestly was a, an absolute shocker. Damon previously had played with Kansas City, man, he played with Kansas City for a long time. Uh, he stayed, excuse me, he stayed with Boston through the 2005 season, uh, my apologies. I. I I, I misremembered that. He was with the Boston Red Sox through the 2005 season when they go to the playoffs and they were eliminated by El Duque, Scott Podsednik, of all people, and the Chicago White Sox. Then Johnny Damon departs in 2006 on a four-year deal with the New York Yankees. Remember the famous quote? Uh, well, uh, the Red Sox just lost the best center fielder in baseball. Now, like one of our guys, like the idiots, that's when the idiots felt even more broken up. I know Pedro went to the Mets. Uh, Pedro never won another championship. He went to one world series in 2009, but you know, with the Phillies, but like that really wasn't, wasn't much. Uh, but Johnny Damon leaving was a total gut punch and no one wanted to see him go, especially over a couple million dollars. Like he was the face of the idiots. I mean, you could say Pedro was, and obviously Poppy is the ultimate face of that entire run for the Red Sox, even though he's, he's got three of the four world series championships, but Poppy's the real face of it. Then you think Pedro and Schilling. And Johnny Damon doesn't get remembered as fondly because not only did he leave, but he went he went from the nation to the empire. He goes over to he goes over to the Yankees, and in 2009, when Alex Rodriguez went on a heater in the postseason, helped them break through. Johnny Damon got a World Series ring with the Yankees, which is just disgusting. And I think that kind of tattered his image, tattered the memory of so many people in Boston. I mean. Back during the heyday when the Red Sox were trying to win that first championship, 2002 and three and four, ultimately, to their breakthrough, and he was so pivotal in Game 7 against the Yankees in October 2004. I mean, you want to talk about the men want to be with him. Yeah, men want to be <laughs> – I don't know. Whatever. Men want to be with <laughs> – be like him. Women want to be with him. He was the hottest ticket in town. My God, who didn't have a crush on him? He was – he was the jam. How about Wade Boggs? Also, um, Wade Boggs. I know fell out of favor with the organization. Things sometimes, sometimes things stale out, and you need a change. But Boggs goes on to win two World Series championships with the Yankees. Now Wade Boggs is kind of like again. They all sort of come back and cozy up to Red Sox Nation and Red Sox fans because you know they know they always have it good. All this, all the, I wonder if, you know, all the success that's been had the last uh, two decades has softened the edges. You know, Buckner was welcome back and lauded and cheered and got his day gone too soon uh, from this world. Sadly, RIP Bill Buckner, Wade Boggs went in 1993 to the Yankees. That was disgusting. Wade Boggs on horseback. Ew, he did get one World Series championship with the Yankees in 1996. So he got one title with the Yankees. Um he was with them one, two, three, four, five seasons. Uh was still an excellent hitter, batted over three hundred. How many times were the Yankees? One, two, three. Wow, geez, man. He could see, see how could somebody who went who batted 302, 342, 324, and 311 not have helped the Red Sox? I know they switched to Scott Cooper, Super Cooper. He was an all-star in 93, 94, 95, and 96. Got a two gold gloves in there as well. Jeez. Honestly, Boggs, like, like they couldn't have found a way to ha- keep him around. That's like, you know, couldn't keep Kyle from Waltham around. Schwab. anyone? Um, I, It's still that image of Wade Boggs getting his first World Series championship, his lone title in New York and riding around in October 1996 on horseback in Yankee Stadium. Ugh, gross. Uh, Basketball-wise, uh, oh, and baseball-wise, obviously the ultimate one. Duh. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, I mean, come on. I don't even think we need to go into that one. I'm not going to do a historical deep dive on uh, $100,000 for Babe Ruth and some players. And uh, so the Red Sox ownership could produce no-no Nanette. Go ahead and look that one up, kids, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Basketball-wise, one that really jumps to mind uh, it wasn't that bitter a pill, but you know, now with hindsight being what it is, and the internet, and a chance to reframe things with the Celtics having won a championship, the success-ishness, if you will, of these Celtics, but still no titles to to boast on. Uh, Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups was drafted in the first round by the Celtics and then dealt away that season during the tumult of the Rick Pitino years. And did you know Chauncey Billups went on to? win an NBA championship with the Detroit Pistons, basically became the leader of that franchise, so much so his numbers were tired by the Pistons. Five-time all-star, NBA champion, NBA championship MVP. I can't see how a guy like Chauncey Billups wouldn't or couldn't have helped somebody like Paul Pierce in the early part of his career, when yeah, he had Antoine Walker, and Twan's shimmy shake, but come on, that was, that was no great dynamic duo. Paul Pierce needed someone else. He like There's no reason why Chauncey Billups wouldn't have been a great addition and it, uh, to the Celtics. And it's not like that one hurts so much. Like I don't think Celtics fans watched them beat the Lakers and said, oh, man, this is awful. This is, He never should have gone. He never should have left. I mean, it's a little bit of a bitter pill to think about Chauncey Billups going and winning somewhere else. He moved on to he was traded to Toronto. Then he was in Denver, and he was with Detroit for one, two, three, four, five, six seasons—six, uh, seven seasons totalish—and um, had an amazing run with Detroit. And of course, that big championship beating the Lakers. And now he's his number will be retired somewhere else, and he's basically just the answer to a trivia question in Boston. But the ultimate ones, obviously, um, not Babe Ruth, if you want to call Babe Ruth the ultimate one, but the ones most recently that hurt the most. Uh, gone too soon, a bitter pill to swallow would be Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady. Now Gronk retired after Super Bowl 53. Uh, You know, it took forever for that leg that got bruised up in Super Bowl 53 to heal. Remember, he became Mr. Recovery. Uh, Didn't let the Patriots know in time for them to get a good free agent tight end. They've still honestly never replaced Gronk. There is no, there is, one does not just simply replace the Gronk, obviously. But also there's never really been a great succession plan for either he or the quarterback. I mean, they ultimately, Mac Jones falls into the lap of the Patriots and he is right now the de facto succession plan for Tom Brady, but he wasn't at the time because they were scrambling with Stiddy and Cam Newton in 2020. Gronk never should have left, but he felt like he needed to go somewhere else when he came back, or at least he never wanted to play for another quarterback, so he unretires. And Tommy and Gronky is set loose upon uh, Tampa Bay. Gronk Nation, uh, Buccaneer Nation, Pats fans left holding just a pile of AFC Championship and Super Bowl Championship t-shirts, posters, banners, tickets, programs, etc. Brady, come on. Never should have gone anywhere else. Tom Brady never should have gone anywhere else. I personally can attest to the fact that watching Tom Brady play in and win a Super Bowl in another team's uniform, uh, I got roundly criticized for not being as behind the guy who I still hold, uh, who I lionize, who I, you know, thanks so much for, uh, you know, my career in large part is due to Tom Brady's success. Who doesn't love freaking Tom Brady to this day? But I couldn't get behind him the same way a lot of Pats fans and a lot of Boston sports fans could at the time because they were mad at Belichick because they love Brady. They would root for him in any uniform. They would follow him anywhere. I'm thrilled that he had the success he did. I was actually at that Super Bowl, no less, Uh, but I just couldn't, I don't know, just something I don't like rooting for other football teams. Like I'm a Pats fan and my allegiance to that team, whoever's coaching, whoever's owning it, all that comes first, but still like (laughs) the pandemic and the departure of Tom Brady land on us at the same time in March of 2020, my head is still spinning from all of it, but I'll just never get over the idea. I'll just never, as much as Brady may have needed to go somewhere else and look, he was able to live out loud. You got Brady throwing the Lombardi on the flotilla for Tampa Bay, hammered on tequila, living out loud, having like an easy free run the final two years. And then obviously I think he's got plenty of regrets or would maybe do the 2022 season differently because things didn't exactly go so well after he retired, then unretired in Tampa Bay. But never should have gone anywhere, never should have been a member of another team. That to me, Tom Brady... Leaving and just playing in another uniform, let alone winning a Super Bowl for another team the first year, showing you just how important he was to the organization. We all knew that. But fostering that Brady versus Belichick debate and just keeping that rolling to this day, showing up the organization, leaving Bill, trying to figure out how to replace him, how to get back to where they were. Brady was the flex seal. Brady was the Patriot way. Brady was the answer to all the problems. Brady was what made that team so amazing or at least was the perfect executor of Bill Belichick's plan and what the Patriots wanted to do and now you've got Bill Belichick appearing on the 33rd team's interview series with Mike Tannenbaum saying he's had the pleasure of coaching three of the greatest players of all time Matthew Slater Lawrence Taylor and of course Tom Brady they're loving up on each other now Brady's cozied up to the organization we'll have umpteen ceremonies statues retirements etc but That Tampa thing. We now have to all like Tampa's in our Boston sports family. Like we've got our mutant cousins down there in pewter orange and white that we have to like kind of share Brady with forever. And I'll just be completely honest on behalf of all Pats fans and all Boston sports fans. It's friggin' gross. Anyway, those are some of the uh, bitter pills, the gone too soon's, The, hey, how come we couldn't get guys like that? That came to mind after Bruce Cassidy was dismissed, went to the Golden Knights and in his first season as head coach, won the Stanley cup good for Bruce good for the golden Knights good choice don't know if it would have been the same here what kind of success he would have had if he stuck around as opposed to Jim Montgomery who had with the Boston Bruins the the greatest regular season in NHL history but it don't mean squat now because they done got bumped in the first round and now they're the answer to a different trivia question in the long run if you like what you hear on the breaking Boston feed give us a rate review subscribe and share There'll be clips from all the other shows and the best Boston sports talk around will appear in the feed every day. We'll be back tomorrow, probably talking some Patriots now that minicamp is over. We'll get a little bit of a long view look on where DeAndre Hopkins could land, how he could fit in with the team, and a little bit more from Pats Nation. But this has been Breaking Boston for, well, well it's, a, it's a Thursday. Sorry, I'm a little tired. June 15, 2023. Bitter pills we have swallowed that make us tougher and better fans in the long run or so we hope. For producer Cooper Leonard, everyone at WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports, Nick Fitzy Stevens here. Enjoy your day. Hooray, Boston.